everyone and welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. This is Stephanie and I'm here with my co-host Michelle. Hi Stephanie. Um, and we also have a special guest this week and that is Laura Neal. Now Laura is a second year Master of Creative Writing student and she's currently working on a really exciting project which is editing our creative writing journal, The Quarry. She's editing a new um, volume of the journal, volume 13, I believe. And so we've got her in today to talk a little bit about The Quarry and what she's doing with The Quarry. Um, I believe Laura was published last year in last year's postgraduate edition of The Quarry. So Laura, can you tell the listeners a little bit about The Quarry and about your own background and experience? I would love to. Thank you. So um, the Quarry, um, as you've mentioned, is the Department of English Journal um, and it was founded by Jane Messer. Um, we do an annual undergraduate issue and uh, every so often we do a postgraduate and alumni issue as well. So issue 13 is open to um, all writers who are currently studying or have studied um, a writing program at Macquarie. Um, I'm really excited to be um, commissioning this edition of the journal. I was published in um, last year's um, issue of The Quarry. I think it was uh, issue 10, the polygraph issue. Um, so, yeah, I'm a writer from uh, Sydney. I've lived in a couple of different countries and I, I was actually first published last year in a student journal as well uh, in San Francisco, which was oh, wow. cool. Yeah. And I guess that power of digital journals they have a really really wide reach so yeah I was uh, pretty excited about that and I'm really excited to be um, heading up the quarry this semester. Yeah so what made you uh, think about actually heading the quarry and running your own issue of it Laura? Um, well I had a meeting with um I had a meeting with Jane last year and we were kind of talking about career options and you know what was available to me as a writing student because I think in the creative industries you, you know there's not um a really firm career path you know it's not like we're studying podiatry and we end up being a podiatrist <laughs> something like that but I think so I think with these courses it's just so important to just get as much experience as you can and um, you know not just do sort of what's just what's required of you but sort of explore other options as well um she i mean i love i love journals and i read um journals both in print and online so i had a look at the journal and I, and and she gave me a couple of copies and i read it and i thought the um you know the quality of the content was really really high um so when she suggested that i do a postgrad issue i thought that you know it would be a great idea um i'm studying online as well so I don't um, go into the campus very often so it's a good opportunity for me to kind of connect with peers and things like that in a way that I might not normally um, not being a campus student. That's amazing so the theme for this issue is borderlines and it sounds like you've done a lot of kind of independent thinking and, and um, independent kind of work on this journal so I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about how you came up with the theme when can you kind of expand a little upon how you see that theme kind of manifesting itself in the in the submissions yeah so um the the I, ha I was toying with a few ideas I guess um I've always personally had this real fascination with um neighbors and neighborly relations and that's something that has and you know the idea of fence lines and um and borders kind of um dividing things but also defining them in a way um, mm. 
with with regard to the neighbours concept, it was actually it's an, it's an apolitical um, way that it started. But one of my friends sent me a picture of his backyard when his neighbour had just finished mowing his lawn, and it was a back yard uh, my friend's has this backyard and he shares it with um, someone else um, and they don't have a fence but this man had just mowed his own lawn in like such a straight line <laughs> um, you know you couldn't have done it straighter without a ruler and you know with a ruler and if I, I think you know um, it just kind of popped into my head then because if he hadn't have done that it would have just looked like one like one lawn like one person's property mm. but he had sort of created this this really really straight line um, that divided them. You know, um, my friend obviously hadn't mown his grass in quite a while, so um, <laughs> it was pretty obvious. But you know, that got me thinking about fence lines. You know, you've got like country borders. You know, there are moral boundaries. Um, also, I guess in in society now, you know, the borders are shifting so greatly as in what we can um, and can't say in the media. You know, we've got the whole um, the Me Too issue that happened late last year. You know, we've got um, even just recently uh, after the Sydney Open, um, Keep Sydney Open, mm. what would you yeah. call it, the rally? Um, yeah. You know, there was a lot of backlash that, you know, we might not be a fan of what the New South Wales Premier is doing to Sydney Nightlife, but we can't, um, you know, hold a hold an event where people are calling her a witch. You know, that's inappropriate. All these kinds of things. So I think, you know, there's a lot of different ways that it can be interpreted, and we've seen that a lot in uh, in some of the submissions. Yeah. Um, and I've been really surprised by how people have interpreted it, which you know I think is one of the um, you know pleasures of of putting an idea out there and seeing how people respond to it like that. We were just having a conversation about um, open plan offices versus private um, open plan floor plans and mm. private offices. So I think I might write a piece on my office yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a delight to <laughs> yeah, and of course, I mean, you actually touched a little bit upon it in terms of your publication in um, the, the US journal um but yeah obviously the quarry is is online it's it's a, it's yep. a digital journal um can you talk to me a little bit and tell us a little bit about the differences between online and the more traditional print journals and how you see the quarry fitting into today's literary scene uh, look for me i think um you know there's two things about um journals particularly digital journals i mean one of them is like i said earlier you know when you've got a digital um when you've got a digital publication, the reach is just so far. Like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I never would have thought that I would get um, picked up by uh, a journal in San Francisco. Um, you know, and funnily enough, that was a story that I wrote actually about Health and Park, which somehow, um, you know, must have resounded with them in some way. But, I mean, that's that's the great thing about digital is that, you know, you're uniting um, audiences there's readers and writers from all over the world, um, potentially, and I'm sure, you know, Macquarie has graduates living in other countries that can um, access the journal and read it. Um, I guess, you know, the, the other thing about digital is it kind of supports the short form. So, you know, when you have, like, um, short form writing, like short stories, you know, poetry, nonfiction, it's not really designed to be sat down and read in a, you know, in an entire book, for example, mm. um, it's kind of 
uh, it fits into a busy modern life. You know, you might you might consume it when you're on the train going to work, or you know, when you're maybe cleaning the house or something like that, listening to a podcast or, or something like that. Um, and I guess something that's easily accessible on your phone and and is broken down into the separate um, stories, so you can consume a piece at a time. And you know, maybe it'll take you a month to read it. Maybe it'll take you week but I mean that's the beauty of digital I think it's just so you know flexible I guess yeah of course the quarry right because it's uh free to access so it's pretty much anyone uh there's no requirement to um you know you don't have to subscribe and um it is interesting how technology then goes on and informs uh the, the form and style as well because uh yeah, yeah that wonderful rise of uh, short story and, you know, probably a lot more poetry being read than mm. ever before. And that's exactly right. And I think, you know, another great thing about digital is particularly if you've had something published, it's just so easy to share that with other people. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and passing around a physical copy, we've got so many social media platforms that you, you can share, you know, either your work or the work of someone else that you love. And so, you know, I guess in a way, digital affords the people who are being published more opportunities um, for exposure. Yeah, and it sort of really changes that traditional publishing house uh, sort of feel to journals as well, where they've sort of got a fixed location. There's a there's a certain infrastructure there because I mean, you're a sort of case in point where you've had a sort of initiative to come across and uh, pitch to Jane and uh, here we are, we've got Borderlines and it's um, really, really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I tend to do most of my um, online reading over my breakfast, so I'm looking forward to reading this over breakfast at some point. In over breakfast. <laughs> um, so I was wondering if you could tell me um, about some of the challenges that you're facing in putting together a journal because, I mean, I, I, I'm not a creative writer, I don't kind of work in this space, but I can only imagine how complex this is. So what are some of the challenges you're encountering? Do you know what? I actually haven't had that many yet. Like, <laughs> maybe I'll ask you in a couple of weeks because I started, um, I started uh, sort of putting out the call for submissions uh, over the summer um, and so I didn't have any competing university priorities whatsoever. So actually it's just been all really awesome and exciting. I'm sure now um, time constraints will sort of come into play. Um, yeah. I, look, I think probably the biggest um, or the most difficult thing or maybe the thing that requires um, the most amount of thought is just coming up with, you know, a theme that um, isn't going to be, it's going to um, pique people's interest, but you want also something that, um, you know, is kind of entrenched in, in the zeitgeist in some way, but also allows for wide interpretation by, you know, all age groups and demographics as well. So, um, you know, I went through a few drafts before I finally picked the theme. Uh, and I think it's showing that, you know, um, people are responding to it in a lot of different ways. But, you know, when you put something out there for the first time, it can you sit back and you think, okay, how, how are people going to take this, yeah. you know? Are you planning on editing any of the pieces that come in or are you pretty much looking for things that are ready to go, upload as, as is? Well, what has, what's your approach to the selection process? Um, look, I think 
obviously the do you mean in terms of um you know how polished the draft is yeah, because I imagine you're attracting a range of, of writing um, sort of and of different levels. And so I, I was just interested in whether you're sort of selecting them on the basis that they're ready to go, whether you're thinking that you put a little bit of um, sort of work backwards and forwards in with the author. Um, are you ruling stories out uh, if they're just, um, you know, not good enough? Or have you, have you got, what, what's the selection process been like? Look, I think um, it. what we're looking for is, um, you know, good, honest and compelling stories. Um, I guess honest regardless of if it's um, true or not, if you know what I mean. Um, and so if you can see that something has a lot of potential and it might not be, you know, 100% um, up to scratch, we might then go back to the author and and discuss um you know some potential changes that might be more than minor changes um i think that you know if the piece isn't isn't really up to up to scratch then it can be difficult to to see um the compelling story so if that makes sense yeah um, yeah I, I was just interesting interested in what it was feeling like from your end and you know sort of whether these were the sorts of dilemmas that you'd encountered or um if it had been a little bit yeah. more straightforward so far uh, look i think so far it's been fairly straightforward but that's sort of a question that i did ask myself um uh, you know because this is my first time editing a journal and you know of course you wouldn't touch someone's work um, extensively without, um, you know, collaborating with them about it on some, in some way. Um, yeah, I guess that, that might be a, uh, a dilemma for uh, future Laura. <laughs> when it comes. Yeah, look forward to that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, you've, yeah, exactly. you've commissioned some fantastic cover art by um, Sam von Vliet. Um, can you describe it for our listeners? We'll certainly um, link to um, the artwork in the show notes um, and tell us a bit about what you were looking for in the artwork and the design process yes so um, Sam is excellent he's actually done two um, covers for us so the right. first one when we did the summer promotion of the journal um, was absolutely awesome it was a picture of uh, and if you're following the quarry on the Facebook page you would have already seen this but it's a picture of a, um, a young girl um, and she's photographing something um, through a chain wire fence. And it's kind of drawn from the perspective of whatever or whoever is being photographed. Um, but it kind of gives this feeling of invasiveness and, and um, you know, div division. And that's what he was going for. I talked to him about, you know, what, what he sort of wanted to explore with that um, and he really wanted to sort of cover the, cover the faces and, and this kind of thing. But, to be honest, um, I didn't give him any direction except for what the theme was right. and I just kind of let him go with that and um, I think he did a really good job and I think, you know, getting back to what I was saying, it was just really incredible to see um, how, I mean, I would never have come up with that. You know what I mean? Mm, it's just yeah. a completely unusual and creative way that really powerfully shows the topic um and the one that he's done for the flyer um for semester for the semester one um up until the 30th of march he kind of went for a broader 
um, a broader appeal to kind of spark, think, get people thinking about the range of different ways that it could be interpreted. So yeah, great. It looks it looks great fabulous. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it, it it looks fabulous, and uh, mm -hmm. we'll definitely have a link, and you know, sort of super happy to have Sam um, Sam's details up there too. Um, look, submissions yeah. are open until March thirtieth. Uh, can you tell other listeners where they can go to find out more and just what sort of writing you're looking for? Um, I would recommend probably the best thing to do is go onto the Facebook page. Um, if you're more of a Twitter person, we've got a Twitter account as well and we'll be um, promoting it right throughout the month um, with all of the links to where you need to go. Um, if you're wondering about the kind of content that you might want to submit um, I would recommend checking out previous editions of the quarry um, have a read see um, you know what other people have written about um, the word limit is 2500 words but of course if you want to submit something much shorter than that that's fine too um, yeah I guess I would encourage everyone to submit and don't think that it has to be something that's you know, really specifically prescriptive to the theme. If it's present in the work in some way, um, even in a small corner of, of your story, um, you know, it, it, it's still absolutely relevant. Brilliant. So I, I guess you, you can look forward to my ode to my office door. <laughs> yes, I will very much that. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Laura. This has been amazing talking to you about the quarry. I can't wait to, to see the completed edition and, and see how it all comes back um, together. And perhaps we'll have you back um, yeah, when it's when it's published to talk about some of the pieces in the edition. It's obviously still you know yet to be formed. So we'd love to talk to you again when it's when it's um, hold in our hands or at least on the on the computer screen. <laughs> yeah, and Laura, I that just so much luck with it all and make sure you're um you know you don't hesitate to contact me if i can <laughs> so it's just lovely to have a, a a talk to you uh as opposed to a, i guess a, 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 a online <laughs> an yeah. online um sort of relationship so that's nice <laughs> thank you so much yeah, for talking to us today laura and for being on from the lighthouse Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Okay, so this has been another episode of From the Lighthouse. If you could please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be very, very helpful. If you want to get in touch with Laura, you can find all of the links to the quarry, um, both Facebook and the Twitter, in our show notes for this episode. Um, if you want to drop us a line too at fromthelighthouse.org, you're free to do that with suggestions for future episodes or anything you want to tell us about in your life within reason, um, that would be great.